Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. The legends are true. We're overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of McDonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! I participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Hello, everybody. Welcome to a good football show presented by NBC Sports Edge. Uh, I am your host, Patrick Darty. Uh, first time hosting, my four-year-old daughter suggested NBC football as a topic. So that's what we will be talking about today. Now, today I will be joined by Arby's drive through mainstay, Denny Carter. And we're going to be taking a look at free agents who could see a fantasy boost by signing with a new team. But first, we need to address what the entire audience is thinking about, really the entire world, images that will not soon leave our minds. Denny, how are you holding up after becoming the Tenzing Norgay, the Alex Honnold of meats, um, <laughs> by summoning Arby's Meat Mountain while still buckled into your Dodge Stratus? Tell, your, tell us how you're holding up three days later. Uh, first, I want to correct the record. I, I do not drive a Dodge Stratus like Will Ferrell in uh, those SNL sketches. I, I drive a, a Subaru Outback, so let's get that straight. And, and <laughs> By the way, the Dodge Stratus joke, that's still like a cultural touchstone, right? Like the Zoomers will get that, right? Oh, they'll, they'll definitely get it. The Zoomers love SNL. That's one thing I've, I've learned. <laughs> and by love, I mean some, they've heard of it from their grandparents. Uh, anyway, uh, yeah, I'm still in Arby's. I'm actually recording this from Arby's. Uh <laughs> I've eaten nothing but meat mountains for the past three days. No, I, um, I, I felt I felt not terrible afterward. I mean, a little queasy because it was just so <laughs> much food. I mean, forget about the meat portion, just the the amount of food. Um, and then someone, yes, it was tremendous. Someone, uh, you know, very gleefully sent me uh, the, the the stats, the numbers of the meat mountain, the, the you know the sodium. The, uh, the 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 fat the, the everything everything you could think of right uh, the calories and uh, I haven't been able to stop thinking about that for a while so we are we are on to to, to two a days uh, for the exercise <laughs> regimen as you know you know uh, well you're, you're not as old as I am but when you're 37 uh, eating a meat mountain uh, would take you about six weeks to recover um, you know calorically. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest but let me play devil's advocate here let's see so. No, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Whatever job you need to do out there, grab the right tool to get it done. The new F-150 with an available hybrid engine and up to 7.2 kilowatts of pro power on board to power things on the go. It's not a tool you'll hang in a tool shed, but you can certainly use it to build one. The new 2024 Ford F-150. Tough this smart can only be called F-150. Available starting early 2024. Optional features the owner's manual for important operating instructions. 
The legends are true. Overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of McDonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10 piece Wick Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at McDonald's. Ba da ba ba ba. Go! I participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. See, yeah, when you're 37, having a meat mountain is kind of like having three beers. Like it takes like three or four days <laughs> to recover from. And by the way, no shouts to Arby's. Uh, Arby's wants to sponsor the podcast or anything. I mean, this is uh, we we are this we are with you. We're not just laughing at you. Like we are celebrating no. the Arby's meat mountain and uh, just yeah, really kind of a great human achievement. And I love, by the way, it was almost parodic. Is that how you pronounce that the parody? Uh, how dismissive yeah. the drive-through worker was of your quest. Oh. Uh, I mean, does he know like this hey, is a periscope? Yeah. This is a big deal. No, yeah. well, so I, I, it was my fault. You know, I, I, I take the blame here for for the way he he reacted. For for those of you, and I don't know, you know, who in the United States didn't see my periscope, but if you if you didn't <laughs> for some reason, uh, what happened was uh, I I recorded, you know, I recorded myself uh, or live stream myself, I should say, ordering the sandwich, and I said I would like one meat mountain, please. Uh, you know, and I and I drove up uh, and I asked the guy about the meat mountain. Do people order it? He goes, no. I said, uh, is, it, is this on the secret menu? Didn't answer me. He just looked at me and walked away. But here's the thing. I think he saw that my phone was recording. And I think that he was not happy about that. And I can't blame him. See, I didn't know how you would feel about that as a Midwesterner who like feels shame just like basically 24 hours a day. <laughs> I would have been like so ashamed. Yeah. For a drive through worker to see me like with my phone, like clearly videoing be like, Oh man, what's this guy going to think of me? This is so embarrassing. But I, uh, yeah, from the East coast, they didn't really seem to be. Uh, yeah. I'm not, uh, I'm not familiar with, with that word shame. <laughs> uh, but, but yeah, I, I, I was a little bit, um, uh, aware uh, that I may have embarrassed him a little bit, but you know, I so I deserve I deserved his his coldness. Man, that guy was cold. Yeah, he but he's just doing his job. You were just doing your job, and it's time for us to do our job. I've been told this is a football show that I was hired to host, and uh, today yeah, we're going to talk free agents. Uh, maybe kind of guys a little further down the list. You might be doing guys further down the list. I might be cheating and just doing guys higher right. up the list. We're going to talk guys that. Could see a boost in fantasy value. Maybe their overall production, uh, free agents in a new home. And Denny, you start us off. Who is someone, you, a free agent you would like to see elsewhere, uh, maybe with an eye towards increasing their fantasy value for 2021? For sure. And, and yes, you definitely did cheat in this exercise. I, I just want to get in front of that here. Uh, but but I, I love my selection. So let's start with Jonu Smith, okay? Free agent, probably not going to sign, uh, resign with, with Tennessee, I want to see Jonu Smith in a Bengals uniform next season. And the First reason it's ever been said about a yeah, Bengals uniform. Absolutely. Absolutely. But, but, but the reason is, is just pure opportunity. So, you know, in one of the league's most run heavy offenses, uh, Jonu Smith was just like every other tight end outside of, uh, you know, Waller and Kelsey and Kittle uh, touchdown or bust, you know, with, with the Titans. Uh, uh, I'm not saying that it's a guarantee that he won't be this way in the uh, with the Bengals, but the Bengals were among the past heaviest teams in Joe Burrow's uh, nine weeks, eight games of play last year before uh, his knee injury. And if you look at the tight end 
uh, opportunity in that Bengals offense. You saw Drew Sample, who is a real guy, and CJ Uzama, who um, tore his ACL in week two. So he only played two games. They combined for 478 pass routes in 2020, which would have been the eighth most among tight ends um, in, in 2020. Now, Sample by himself was 12th in pass routes, which is which is tremendous because he he was a, literally a, a fantasy non-factor for the entire season. Um, you know, Burrow had the third most pass attempts through week nine. Uh, of course, he, like I said, he was injured in week 10. And, and Burrow's TD rate uh, was 3.2%. So he's looking for a bounce back uh, in that area. Everybody knows that Johnny Smith is potentially a, a very productive player. I mean, he, he has been for the opportunity he's been given. It's just, um, it's kind of been squashed there. He was 13th in yards per route run in 2020, and he was seventh in yards per route run in 2019. Um, the Titans definitely saw him as a, a, a touchdown machine, and he was treated that way. And, and uh, largely in his time with the Titans, he had the seventh highest red zone target rate among tight ends and the fourth highest end zone target rate among tight ends in 2020. He would be obviously a monster upgrade uh, for the Bengals. I think it will work out for all parties. It would. And like, so this is a fit that I do love. And he spent 2020 kind of converting those layups, converting those dunks near the goal line. Mm -hmm. There is a concern, you know, he's going to be 26. He's someone like we thought was going to break out for several years. Uh, But I'm kind of not super concerned about that because he seemed to be on pace to do that last year. And then like week four or five, I can't remember if it was like his ankle or his knee, kind of around the Titans like coronavirus outbreak. He he tweaked something pretty badly and he didn't miss much time, but it just kind of seemed like that he wasn't healthy the rest of the season. That's right. But he was healthy enough for those dunks, those layups at the goal line. And he's, you know, he's kind of no, so he was a perfect fit for the Titans offense, which would be kind of another reason I'd be slightly concerned. They let him walk like their evaluation of him is that he can't get to another level in their offense. Cause you know, he's kind of like this yak monster mm-hmm. when he's healthy, when he doesn't have like an injured leg. Um, and so that's a great fit for what the Titans want to do, but it would also be a great fit for what the Bengals need. Cause I'm assuming they're still going to have like one of the league's worst offensive lines in 2021. That That is not going to be a one year fix. And maybe he could be like a great, you know, like security blanket, like quick hitting outlet over the middle of the field for a team that's going to need some easy completion. And it's designed to have easy completions and the Joe Burrow can hit those easy completions. So yeah, I just think I love the fit too. Uh, and the Joe Burrow, I think, you know, we think he's not Baker Mayfield, right? Uh, Baker Mayfield 2.0. That was kind of the. I think so. I mean, at the at the very least, he's going to get a lot of volume, and and there, he's going to he's going to drop back a lot, which is more than we could have said for Mayfield before his you know late season blossoming. Jared Cook comes to mind as a guy who kind of had a, a later later kind of breakout. Um, I, it's just you know uh, it hinges on opportunity. Yeah, a lot. Martellus Bennett, uh, Jason Witten had a late breakout at the age of thirty eight. So yeah, it can uh, happen for Jonah Smith in Cincinnati. No one laughed at my Jason Witten joke, Denny. Uh, you are fired for that. Um, so we'll move on. We'll, yeah, again, for the fifth time this month. Uh, <laughs> we move on to our second player, uh, a really low-key free agent that no one has heard of, um, Will Fuller. Um, Will Fuller, no one, people are saying, people are, no one's talking about this, Denny. Uh, Will Fuller, but I will. Uh, no, I mean, I will talk about Will Fuller, and my dream fit for him is still the Packers. That was like my dream fit at the trade deadline last year where this almost seemed to happen. And 
I think the still makes too much sense on paper, like that deep threat compliment to Devonta Adams, something they've needed so badly and something they kind of have in Marquez Valdez Scantling. We know like the MVS show is such a roller coaster and just Will Fuller just would be, I mean, it's just basically like a fantasy dream opposite someone who commands the attention that Devonte Adams does in like the short areas of the field mm-hmm. and the damage he could do with such an elite deep ball thrower and Aaron Rodgers, And it appears he's going to actually hit the market. Will Fuller, uh, the Houston Chronicles reported he's not going to be franchise tagged. And, you know, the Packers, they've kind of changed their MO and free agency since the Ted Thompson days. They, they actually do spend on free agents. Now they're still not like one of the most free spending teams, but Will Fuller might normally have like been outside their price range, but you know, coming off the six game steroid suspension uh, com- coming into a year where the salary cap is going to fall uh, a player with his injury history, like a market that would normally get out of control, like really quickly might actually stay more reasonable for Will mm-hmm. Fuller and the Packers can maybe even get a bargain. And like, they clearly have already thought about this at length because this was uh, maybe like the most persistent rumor ahead of the trade deadline last year. And, I just think they should finish the deal, like seal the deal here, and the Packers should sign Will Fuller. You know, if he gets hurt, again, as usual, MVS is still signed for 2021, and that's really what MVS should be, kind of like a fallback plan, a role player, and he could still perfectly slide into the offense if Will Fuller got hurt, gets hurt like he had every year until last year. But, mm-hmm. yeah, I want this one to be brought to fruition, and I want Will Fuller to the Packers to happen. Yeah, I, I mean, you would you would have to guess that Will Fuller won't have a weekly 55 yard touchdown drop like MVS uh, did uh, last year. Uh, and also thank you for, for raising this. No, no, you know, no one is talking about this in the media. So <laughs> I, I appreciate you bringing this. Yeah. I mean, fantasy wise, it would be tremendous. It would be tremendous for all parties uh, involved. So I, I, I'm very much for this happening. And Denny, I think did one of your interns just drop something in the background. Um, uh, it may have been a, a child, and I'm, a I'm child? sorry. About I, see, that. I didn't know it was Always. a child or a dog, and I'm assuming not a cat. We've never really discussed no, your opinions no on cats. Uh, before we get to our next player, uh, I would like to take a moment to remind our audience that an NBC Sports Edge premium subscription includes all sports. So right now, you can get access to the NBA, NHL, college basketball, and MLB premium products all under the same umbrella. Uh, that includes our MLB draft guide, where I recently took part in a mock draft, not to toot my own horn. People are saying that I won the draft. Uh, for 10% off any subscription, enter the promo code GOOD10. That is GOOD10 for 10% off NBC Sports Edge Premium. All right, Denny, uh, we've already discussed Jonu Smith and Will Fuller. Uh, hit us with another player that we will spend the entire offseason hyping as a free agent somewhere, and then they will inevitably disappoint us but we get to talk like that won't happen for five or, yeah, five or six months. For sure. But look, you know, I mean, seriously, no one is talking about this player. And, and, and but I will. I will because I, I refuse to be muzzled. Uh, Jamal <laughs> Williams. Jamal Williams is a free agent. I want to see Jamal Williams go to Seattle. That is my can, wish. Can you define want when it comes to Jamal Williams and just anywhere? Uh, well, sorry to get well, you off your game here, but just define want. Oh, I, I desire him to go somewhere where he'll get a bunch of touches. I don't know. <laughs> That's sick. That's sick. Danny. Is it sick? Jamal Williams? No, no, no. It, I, yeah, I feel, goes. I feel like I look, he's been good. I have, I actually have numbers to back this up. He's been good when given the opportunity. Okay. In 2020, he had three starts. Okay. He scored 18 and a half PPR points in one 21.2 PPR points in, in the second, and then 
PPR points in the third. Okay. So when given the opportunity, he's been good in 2017. I know this was, you know, years and years and years. The zoomers don't remember 2017. (laughs) He was uh, Jamal Williams was sixth in fantasy points per game among running backs in the season's final seven weeks when he became green Bay's starter. We all know Seattle wants to run the ball forever and ever. Amen. Uh, uh, you know, much to the chagrin of, of Russell Wilson. And, um, I think Jamal Williams is a guy who, 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 if, if signed for like a very reasonable rate, I'm sure, uh, could emerge, uh, unless, you know, unless they, they spend an early pick on, on running back, which, you know, is not out of the question, uh, considering Pete Carroll's obsession with establishing. Yeah. That's not something they've ever done before in Seattle is just wantonly use an early round pick on a running back that they're not going to use, uh, I will say this about Jamal Williams. So it, if, yeah, if he's a guy, so he could be a guy, I feel like where a surprising market emerges because maybe it's a stretch to call him a three down talent, but he is a three down player, like very capable of playing all three downs is very well proven. Like he can do anything that an NFL running back needs to do. He's at least competent, like every phase of NFL running, running, running backing. Uh, is that a phrase? I don't think it is. And so I think it's three- run backing. Yeah, so he's a three-down player. Seattle, as you said, uh, apparently, I mean, still they're having like another huge philosophical argument about what kind of offense they want to be this offseason. And it seems like maybe establishing is taking the day. Even the very – they could still have it both ways. but They could still be a more sophisticated passing offense in 2021, yeah. also being a more sophisticated run offense with the, the Sean McVay disciple arriving to coordinate their offense. And I think it also makes sense from a perspective of – this is a team that probably does have like running back PTSD because th- this is a backfield that is, has not stayed healthy and knock on wood for a running back. Jamal Williams is extremely durable. He's only missed three games in four years with non COVID related injuries. He did miss a game with COVID last year. So three games in four years, uh, even if it's not like a true work workhorse workload, like that's pretty difficult for a running back. Like you are a durable player. Right. If you only miss three games in four years as a running back. And yeah, he's yeah. a guy to, I mean, maybe the market can be somewhat surprising for him just because he is like a football coach's dream. Like he's just like, he is a true football player and that he does everything. We have Chris Carson is too expensive for the Seahawks and Jamal Williams, or I would love this fit in fantasy. And we'd have to get over, you know, like the half decade annoyance with Jamal Williams curbing, Aaron Jones's upside and embrace yeah. that. Yeah, he would be. It would be a very, very intriguing fantasy situation if he. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you agree. And and by the way, th- this is something I should have mentioned off the top. This is with the assumption that Chris Carson is gone, that he's going somewhere else, which is a pretty good assumption right now. Seems like a good assumption. Uh, yeah, because this uh, Carson, it, it comes back. This could all be weaved together, Denny, because of the injuries. Chris Carson is maybe too expensive. The Seahawks just are finally tired of having like five to six running backs shuffle in and out all year. They want a durable answer in the backfield. Uh. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, 
Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. The legends are true. But overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Donald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. So Denny has yeah. held to the letter of the law of what was a phone conversation and an email thread about what the topic of the show will be and like second tier <laughs> free agents that might see a boost. Uh, I will again. So the one second tier free agent I was like really excited to talk about was Joe new. And I'm like, after you mentioned him, I'm like, Oh man, there's gonna be a lot of fun guys to talk about. And then there really wasn't uh, Denny. You didn't want to talk about Tyler Eifert. I mean, <laughs> what, what's, what's wrong with you? I know, I'm not a red blooded American. We know this is, this is now the lowest T podcast in the history of football. Podcasts, oh my gosh. Yeah. Think. This is negative T. Uh, right this now. is a negative T podcast, but I will talk about Juju Smith Schuster and where I want him to go. And I want him to go to the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, so first off, it add a lot of spice to what is probably still the best rivalry in the NFL. But so we know the Ravens passing attack focuses, you know, inside the numbers, like the short area of the field. They love the middle of the field and yet their best inside receiver, like the past three years has been like Willie Sneed. Like, is that, is that like actually true? I, Sometimes I forget. Like, is there like a Ravens inside receiver I'm forgetting about? I, no, no. He, I, think it is it. Willie, I think it is Willie Sneed. And they need someone more reliable. They need someone with more juice over the middle of the field. You know, Juju was like functionally a tight end last year, which but that might be music to the Ravens' ears. Uh, averaging fewer than nine yards per catch, like that is like running back territory. Like that's insane. But we think we can probably write that off to like just the Steelers' offensive approach. And that this is still a player capable of more, still a player capable of creating big plays in the middle of the field. And that is the Ravens offense bread and butter, you know, hitting these huge plays down almost literally the center of the field, the middle of the field. And Juju, if he doesn't get too expensive, you know, if he doesn't get franchise tagged with the Steelers, which I think would be difficult for them to do, they've telegraphed for an entire year. They're going to let him walk. They don't have a great salary cap situation. It does appear Juju will escape uh, to free agency and I just think he would be a perfect fit for a team that's probably not going to really adjust its offensive approach at this point, just needs to refine it. And Juju would be such a refinement of what the Ravens want to do on offense. And just such a monumental upgrade over the Willie Sneeds of the world. And I would love to see Juju Smith-Schuster end up with the Ravens. Uh, you know, my first thought fantasy-wise is that it probably wouldn't be great for Mark Andrews um, no. and probably wouldn't be great for Marquise Brown. I mean, there's just – there's so little to go around in that offense. That, that as far – as long as Lamar Jackson is their quarterback, they're not going to throw a lot. And and that makes me, like, very cautious to, like, get, you know, get hyped about about any receiver going there. In fact, like, the the nightmare, I think – fantasy wise is for Allen Robinson to go to Baltimore. Please, oh, Allen, if you're listening, if you're listening and I know you are Allen, please don't go to Baltimore. It's not even, it's, it's the Maryland's not even a good state. It's it just, <laughs> trust, trust me on, on this, go somewhere else. And, uh, but yeah, I mean, he, uh, Juju would be, would be a, an upgrade, I think, but man, he would be tough for, to figure out for fantasy purposes. What do you think with the Ravens? Would you approve of Chris Godwin going to the Ravens? Is he the kind of talent who could like transcend this offense's limitations, kind of maybe do like the hybrid of the middle of the field 
like Marquise Brown role, you know, it's like a true baller player. I mean, do you, do you think that if Chris Godwin ended up with the Baltimore Ravens, he'd probably be franchise tag to the Bucks. Would Chris Godwin be a, still like a top 18, top 20 receiver with the Baltimore Ravens, or would this be like the kiss of death for his fantasy value? I think he would be drafted inside the top 20 pretty easily. If he were to go to the Ravens, we would invent reasons for him, you know, to be, to be fine there. Uh, would I be bullish on him inside the top 20 receivers off the board? I don't know. I don't think so. Because you, I mean, you're, you're probably at best, you're talking about a roller coaster ride for, for, for Chris Guy. You're talking about, you know, five targets a game. Sometimes he'll blow up in the, in those five targets. But, um, you know, the, the, the days of, of being the, the prime receiver for, for Tom Brady uh, would, would be, would be long gone and people would be uh, wishing for it. I think if he, if he goes to Baltimore, I really, I really don't want to see any of the the high profile free agent wide receivers or anybody really go to the Ravens. That's it. You're just biased against Maryland. Try visiting Maryland for once in your life. Maybe you'll I, actually like the state. Didn't listen, you? as a coastal elite, I, uh, I, I, I've grown to hate my own state. And, and I think that that, that speaks volumes about, you know, about me as a person. That's just part of being a mature adult, actually. Just learning to loathe everything from your world as you get older. That's just healthy aging it, process yeah. is hating well, your home state. And Denny, we don't ever get political on the show, no, but I, no. you reminded me that I almost got political here. Why has our 46th president not issued a statement on the Meat Mountain Triumph? Uh, I, I don't know. In fact, I thought he was going to retweet the Periscope link. I, you know, I waited I all would... weekend for an official White House statement uh, was honestly the most stirring uh, thing I had witnessed in years, and just nothing, just silence. And, and he, and he, this is not for, this is not what I voted for. I don't know about you. You know, he comes out and he and he, and he has a statement on uh, on 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 labor unions, but not on the on the meat mountain. I think that that speaks to his priorities. Shameful misplaced priorities. Um, want, so we were gonna we were gonna maybe do six players. It appears we're only doing five because I feel like this segment. This topic didn't have as much juice as we were expecting. You only sent me two players. You were supposed to send three. Uh, I only sent you two players. <laughs> oh, wait a second. No, 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 no. It was supposed to be two. You you switched cores. We switched cores. <laughs> we thought three would be too many. Uh, but yes, we it, obviously we should have done three. The, 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 You're learning that, uh, what kind of planner I am, Denny. I'm an elite planner. Um, okay. so I, I will say this real quick before you go there. Gerald Everett. Get him to a team where he's the number one tight end. And I think that he has a lot of fantasy value. Yeah, he's truly, he's like a classic, like Martellus Bennett. Just get him a new home, get him where he can be the feet. And like someone who has flashed those traits, but also like learned in such a great offense, learned from such a great coach. I totally sign off on the take that Gerald Everett uh, could be a guy who just explodes in fantasy. Yes. He ends up in the right place. But so the final player we'll talk about is basically where do we want to see Jameis Winston sign? And uh, I will further ruin uh, the the topic, the spirit of the topic by saying, I don't even want him to go to a new team. I want him to re-sign with the saints. And I, I would just like Jameis Winston in fantasy to get a shot with a coach who's focused on efficiency and Sean Payton. Uh, that was never Jameis Winston. was like never even in that kind of environment in Tampa Bay, the bucks became an efficient offense last year, but that was solely because of Tom Brady and like nothing to do with Bruce Arians. That was just like Tom Brady doing his thing, like get Jameis Winston, you know, one of the best offensive minds in football, someone who's had success unlocking Taysom Hill. Uh, if Sean Payton can unlock Taysom Hill. I think he can probably unlock Jameis Winston. And like, if there's like a Jameis Winston market, I really hope like uh, 
ends up with the Saints kind of stepping up the plate and keep keep plate and keeping Jameis Winston, I would just like to see Jameis get a shot in like a really well designed, really well run offense, and finally. Uh, fulfill his destiny. He was like a 40 touchdown, 40 interception player for the Saints. Yeah, uh, you know, he could uh we haven't mentioned and, and I don't know how you didn't mention this that he he can see now. You know, he had LASIK <laughs> eye surgery. That seems cr- critical to me. I don't know much about quarterbacking, but I would guess that being able to see your target is uh um on the plus side. Um I I'm torn here because I understand what you're saying, and, and and I wouldn't hate it for fantasy purposes if he signed with New Orleans and became the starter. But Taysom Hill, oh no, what, Taysom Hill was fun for fantasy. <laughs> it was good for fantasy. Listen, Taysom Hill is a guy who you could get like deep in drafts if he would be the starter. Which obviously that we're not going to know that till like probably September first. And and he he could be he could be great. He could bring that 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 rushing Konami code upside that. You know, him and Jalen Hurts could be like the key to unlocking late round quarterback and, and and maybe a guy like Trey Lance or Justin Fields or whatever. I would be very okay with Taysom Hill doing that. Is it good for, for real football? I don't know. I don't know. But for fantasy, I know that it, it would work. I would say I would love like the raging offseason Taysom Hill debate. Like I genuinely mean that. Like it would be like a lot of fun. And Taysom Hill uh, greatly exceeded my expectations. I, the, the thing with Taysom is – Two of the starts were against the Falcons, and one was against Kendall Hinton. And it's still an accomplishment to have success in those starts. Like a bad player would have not succeeded even in those great spots. But I still just feel like it's very inconclusive on Taysom Hill. And he definitely exceeded my expectations, but it's still – I could see it going downhill very quickly. Basically, if really, I, yeah, I, I don't know. I felt, I felt like as a passer, I thought he was pretty good. I mean, from what I expected, he like he was like a real passer, a real quarterback. Sort of. I mean, remember, uh, we're going to get to NFL top shot in a minute, and we could have not top shotted some of Taysom Hill's uh, deep balls, uh, which would get the full air quotes yes, treatment yes. from last year. It's some very bad deep balls. So, yeah, we, we will change gears now, okay, and we will get to. Uh, so, I mean, Top Shot, as we know, we're not going to spend a lot of time talking about Top Shot. All the rage in our little fantasy community. Yes. And I, I was wondering, what will the inevitable NFL Top Shot be called, you think? Um, like, if you're the Top Shot NFL marketing director, what do you call it? Will they just call it Top Shot? I feel like maybe they will, because the brand is already very strong. Possibly. But what, what would you call an NFL Top Shot? Oh, uh, man. Um, NFL, NFL, like, score scoring shot or something <laughs> this is bad know. because it's terrible and i had no ideas either it's so a, we're just gonna we're gonna move on denny or, or maybe maybe like like you know like we'll just call it a touchdown we'll just call each moment a touchdown no mm, that can't this be is right bad. We, we were both fired by nfl top shot we were dismissed from the we first were. marketing meeting um, yes what was a, a moment from the 2020 nfl season that if this were to come into existence what yeah. moment from the 2020 nfl season would you like to see top shot in I think we can all agree that the, the most exciting play of 2020 was Greg Zerline's onside knuckleball kick against Atlanta in the Cowboys. Unbelievable comeback early in the season against the Falcons. I, you know, I've never seen anything more impressive on an NFL field. I, I'm sure maybe you would agree. Uh, give me that top shot. I want to buy that and I want to flip it uh, for 600% profit tomorrow. Denny, you went. Almost 30 minutes without ruining the podcast. That would have been a new record for you. And you just ruined the podcast Sorry. by a top shotting a kicker moment. Uh, I would top shot 
I would top shot the Greg Williams angel blitz. Oh. And I don't mean Derek Carr's throw. Like I mean the actual defensive call. That's right. Like I don't quite know how these works. I don't think the, the gif, the highlight is really that long on top shot, but I want like the gif starting with like Greg Williams, like with his face covered, like ordering the code red, the jets getting lined up. And then Derek Carr is kind of like, Oh, what, what is this? This, oh, yeah. this is actually happening. <laughs> and like, that's the one moment Derek Carr is allowed in the highlight. And then, yeah, the play unfolds. The Hail Mary happens. Mm-hmm. Like the Jets collapse to their knees in despair. And that would be the moment yeah. that I would top shot from the 2020 season. By the way, you know, we're, we're, we're thinking of like epic moments. It doesn't have to be epic. There, there are top shots with like, with like ordinary, with like a bounce pass for a layup. You know, <laughs> and, and, and people, people are like, I love this. I love this moment. What moment? What moment? It's a, it was a, a back cut to the hoop for a layup in the first quarter of a regular season game. Is that even a moment? This is my question. Well, that's the, that's the old trading card principle. You got to like stack the packs. Like you got to make Mike Trout rookie cards. Very, very rare. Then you're like the, the Nick Punto fielding a grounder cleanly at second base. Denny has never heard of Nick Punto, but like, that's a far more common card. Yeah. You got got to create the scarcity. You got to create like the sense of the hunt Denny. And that's why So what first off shocker, Denny uh, doesn't like a good clean bounce pass. Why does this not surprise me? Oh, no, uh, Denny look, of all, mocking the bounce pass. Uh, I, I'm not mocking the bounce. In fact, I prided myself as a good bounce passer as as a high school basketball player. So I don't, I know I don't want to I don't want to hear that. I'm all about fundamentals, and you can tell by the by the size of my shorts uh, when I used to play basketball. <laughs> very yeah, very fundamental. Two, fun, two, two Denny top shots right off the bat. The Meat Mountain completing that. And Denny in a parking lot in Maryland near his home, converting a bounce pass. Uh, That's so right. The, the final top shot, what is something that you hope happens in 2021 and has turned into a top shot? A moment we need to see top shot it from 2021. Yeah, I mean, I thought about, a lot about this. I, I think I have to land on, uh, you know, Lions head coach Dan Campbell uh, <laughs> starting a brawl at midfield after losing to the Bears by 42 points early in the season. I, 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 you know, the, the biting of the kneecaps, the, just the general physical uh, uh, threatening, you know that 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 he's done so far in his short time as as Detroit's head coach. Uh, I want I want to see the Dan Campbell brawl as a as a top shot. I want to buy that. I will sell out to buy that. That that one would skyrocket in value very very quickly. But would it lose value if it's revealed that this is all a bit from Dan? I, I still have suspicions that Dan Campbell is actually like a highly intelligent person, kind of running a bit. Like trying to have it both ways. Like he's gonna be like, I'm gonna be like the first like old school motivator in a really long time, but he's like secretly like an intelligent coach. He assembled like a good staff. And I don't know. He I remember him giving some interesting quotes as Dolphins interim coach. And basically this is probably the sign of a bad hire, where like the charitable interpretation of the hire is that it's a bit. Um, but I think I think that it might be partly a bit from Dan Campbell. <laughs> yeah, that is, it sounds like that is uh, that's a that's a warning sign. I would yeah. say for for the, for the Lions that we're sitting here going, you know, he could be doing an Andy Kaufman right now. It's possible. <laughs> you may have hired a bad coach if people are defending it by saying, "What if it's a bit? What if um, it's a bit?" Oh my! But I mean, you 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 could be right. I'll say that. I'll say it because he. In that press conference about the knee biting, he was so over the top that you 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 have to That's imagine that, that he was trying he was trying for something. You know, he was trying to establish himself as 
an insane out of his mind motivator. But I have to say though, he did a good job of acting because you could tell Dan Campbell was worked up during that press conference. He was work. You could see little beads of sweat forming on his forehead. That guy was ready to run through a brick wall. I mean, literally. It'd be a great bit too, like because you want to be underestimated. That's like a huge strength if you yeah. get underestimated. So, Danny, it's a bit. Dan Campbell's a bit. We've settled that. Okay. Uh, my first show as, as host, I, I did a, a, a bad job here because I don't even have a moment that I want to be top shot in 21. I just wrote Jameis Winston. Uh, so, I'm going to say Jameis Winston's 40th touchdown pass uh, to the Saints' fourth string tight end in week 16. Yeah. Uh, that's what I want for the top shot in. Someone uh, whose name we've never heard. Uh, before yes, exactly. before he, he he catches that pass, I, you know I, I didn't know you were just like like infatuated with Jameis Winston going to the Saints or staying with the Saints, but I, I guess we we learn something new every podcast. You do you, you, talk about bits. You just latch on to something. Today I woke up in a Jameis Winston type of mood, <laughs> and uh, there you so go. that is it uh, for my first show as host. Uh, we will be back later in the week uh, with the full gang: uh, John Daigle, Matt Straub. Uh, Hayden Winks, Thor Nystrom, also with Matt, have a draft show coming up later this week. Uh, Denny, I'm going to put you, do you have any content coming? You always, you are the content master. Do uh, you, you have any new content coming up? What's your most recent content? Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so I, what you got? I do. I, I think this is a good time for us, to, for me to run this idea by you. <laughs> okay, yeah, do, do it, do it. It is the best. The best this is our time. weekly editorial call. Uh, <laughs> just between you and me, I, you know, I'm, I'm actually uh, doing some research on, uh, the most efficient uh, tight ends over recent seasons. And what that says uh, for this upcoming season, um, I think there are some conclusions we can we can draw. Last week, I wrote a kicker column read by I I was millions, that. You know, millions of people. It's just, it's unbelievably popular. People keep asking, where's the link? Where's the link? <laughs> anyway, it, it's, uh, it's, on, it's on the site. I'll, I'll tweet it out again, uh, but it's good stuff. And it's, it's, I believe, I believe, the kicker column is actionable for 2021. It is. It is getting, and the tight end thing that will be actionable because tight end has kind of become like so vexing. It's like, it's starting to feel like one of those positions where it's just like totally random. Like, well, I can't predict this. I'm just going to uh, chase touchdowns, hunt touchdowns. So that's right. I'm glad to learn on the show uh, that is in the works. So <laughs> yeah, I mean the for- worst, look at the worst, the worst position, the worse the position gets, the more I want to research it. And, and I, I don't know what that says. <laughs> that is about. very true. That is going to be written on your tombstone, yeah. on your fantasy sports tombstone. Anyways, that is all of our time for today. I am Patrick Doherty. That is Denny Carter. This was a good football show by NBC Sports Edge, and we will catch you later in the week. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. The legends are true. But overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes. The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Donald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last.